I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We want them in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's trick flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's, it's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cold, and you're listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is episode 643 for Sunday, July 23rd, 2017. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie is a cult classic from 1983. It's Krull, starring Ken Marshall, Lizette Anthony, David Batley, and Freddie Jones. Before I get into this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to Crawl. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then I'll get into the movie. On a distant planet, a great kingdom was ravaged by beings who came from the future to conquer the universe. survivors follow a doubtful seer and a throneless king. They will hold her in the Black Fortress. You must have help. Thieves, bandits, fighters and brawlers. Desperate men. Those are the kind of men I need. Well, you heard him. We are now an army. At the end of an impossible journey, they must fight an invincible enemy. Here's the knowledge you seek. I shall be your king. In the fortress, you will face more than the slayers. What is about to happen to them could never have happened on Earth. Columbia Pictures presents a world apart from anything you have seen before. Crawl. Crawl is a 1983 British-American science fantasy movie directed by Peter Yates. It was produced by Ron Silverman and released by Columbia Pictures. The screenplay was written by Stanford Sherman, Crawl has a running time of 121 minutes, 
and it was released on July 29, 1983 in the United States and December 27, 1983 in the United Kingdom. The production budget for this movie was $47 million. And here's the cast, starting at the top. Ken Marshall as Prince Colwyn. Lizette Anthony as Princess Lissa. Freddie Jones as Yanir, the Old One. David Batley as Ergo, the Magnificent. Bernard Breslau as Rel, the Cyclops. Alan Armstrong as Torquil. Liam Neeson as Keegan. Robbie Coltrane as Ron. And Francesca Annis as the Widow of the Web. And that's all I have for movie information. Now let's get into the movie. The movie starts with an alien entity named the Beast and his army of slayers invading the planet Crawl. My first clip is of an ancient prophecy. This it was given me to know, that many worlds have been enslaved by the Beast and his army, the Slayers. And this too was given me to know, that the Beast would come to our world, the world of Krull, and his black fortress would be seen in the land that the smoke of burning villages would darken the sky and the cries of the dying echo through deserted valleys. But one thing I cannot know, whether the prophecy be true, that a girl of ancient name shall become queen, that she shall choose a king, and that together they shall rule our world, and that their son shall rule the galaxy. My next clip is of King Eric and his daughter, Princess Lissa. They are discussing an alliance with King Torold, a rival king, and her marriage to his son, Prince Colwyn. Colwyn should have been here by now. He may be forced to travel through the forests and the stone country. All the passes and roads are held by the slayers. Colwyn may not get through. That would please you? I sent men to help. But I see no reason for an alliance with our ancient enemies. Father, the invaders are destroying our world. We must have the alliance. Only if we're united do we stand a chance against them. Then I'll make a treaty with King Torold. It's not necessary for you to marry his son. It's the only way to guarantee the alliance. The marriage is my choice. If it were anyone but Torold's son... Corwin is a great fighter. Good fighters make bad husbands. Perhaps. My next clip is of Prince Colwyn and Princess Lissa having an intimate moment before they get married. I've chosen well. So have I. Uh, uh, your journey was hard. But necessary. May already be too late. It's not too late. Is this where the ceremony will be? Mm. Tonight at moonrise. My father says that good fighters make bad husbands. Well, that depends. On what? On whether you expect a husband to follow you around. Jump every time you clap your hands. Wouldn't you jump for me? No, of course not. 
You're a warrior. Later that evening, during the wedding ceremony, the Slayers attack. The Slayers kill King Eric and King Torold and devastate both armies. They also wound Prince Colwyn and kidnap Princess Lyssa. My next clip is from the morning after the attack. Yanir the Old One has found Prince Colwyn and is tending to his wounds. Lyssa! She's alive. Where? Stay still. Where? For now, beyond your reach. Who are you? I am Yanir. The Old One? Well... Not as old as all that. You've come down from the Granite Mountains. Yes, I am needed now. (laughs) There is no time now for grief. Lost a father and a bride on the same day. Nor have I become king on that day. <laughs> I have no kingdom. Your kingdom may be greater than you know. I give it to you, old man, and welcome to it. I came to find a king. And I find a boy instead. They will hold her in the Black Fortress. Can you lead me to it? You must have help. I'll find men on the way. In the fortress, you will face more than the Slayers. You will face the Beast, who is their leader. He can be killed. Perhaps. But no man has ever seen him and lived. You will need more than men and swords. You will need the power of the glaive. Yanir takes Prince Colwyn to the mountains, where the glaive is in a cave. Prince Colwyn climbs the mountain and finds the cave and retrieves the glaive. Prince Colwyn and Yanir leave the mountain and head off to seek the Black Fortress. My next clip is of Prince Colwyn and Yanir resting in a forest when a flaming fireball barely misses them and lands in a pond nearby. Help! I'm drowning! This might have been quicksand! I might have been sucked to my death while you stood there gawping! Oh! <laughs> Where is this place? A forest near the Granite Mountains. Blast! A thousand miles off course. Well, I was rushed. There was a difference of opinion concerning a gooseberry pie. The man left it sitting on his windowsill. What did he expect? Perhaps he expected to eat it. For that rudeness doubt, I think I'll turn you into a bat! might teach you some manners to hang upside down for an hour or two. 
The hell people lack the power to do harm. We shall see about that, old man. We'll see about that. Now, that's a recipe for hot fat sauce. Oh, well, it'll have to be a goose. Fat and ugly. Very fat, very ugly. You see what I could have done to you if I were a vengeful man. <laughs> you may leave me now. Dear, 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 let me see now. The forest is not safe. You best travel with us. Me? Travel with you? Do you know who I am? No. I am Ergo the Magnificent. Short in stature, tall in power, narrow of purpose, and wide of vision. And I do not travel with peasants and beggars. Goodbye. in this direction. What business? Staying alive. Ergo is frightened by the sight of a cyclops. He then joins Prince Colwyn and Yanir, and the three head out of the forest. My next clip is of the three being ambushed by a group of bandits led by Torquil. You're surrounded by a hundred men. A hundred's not enough. Well, what have we here? A fighter! Besides, you're short about 90 men. <laughs> Let's just kill them and be done with it, Torquil. Saffron! I don't kill men without good reason. Nor do I. I'd be thankful for it. <laughs> you escaped prisoners. Everyone. Thieves, bandits, fighters and brawlers. Desperate men. Desperate as you'll ever see. Good. Those are the kind of men I need. You need? See, these men follow no man but me. And I follow no man at all. Would you follow a king? A king? A king. <laughs> Many lunatics wandering through the countryside claiming to be kings, eh? Would you follow a king to the Black Fortress? Now I know you're a lunatic. I wouldn't follow my own father to the Black Fortress. If he could find it. Not that he'd be <laughs> foolish enough to do such a thing. Is it foolish to defend your world? And to fight for your homes and families? Oh. If the invader is conquered, you'll be slaves with the rest of us. Noble sentiments, but we fight for profit. You know what I mean? With the profit's freedom. And fame. Freedom? Well, we have it. And fame. It's an empty purse. Count it. Go broke. 
Eat it? Go hungry. Seek it and go mad. That is true. But this fame and this freedom you could leave to your sons. How did you know I had sons? If the Slayers conquer Kral, your sons will be enslaved. Forever. I have no sons. But I will go with you. Whoa. <laughs> A boy shames you all. Only the king and the Lord Marshal have the case to these manacles. You don't look like a Lord Marshal. No. Look about the right age to be Tuttle's son, eh? Exact age. Ah, Tuttle, you're growing old, your brain's softening. Nine men like you are worth an army. If we succeed, unlock them. Otherwise, I'll die with them. Well, you heard him. We are now an army. <laughs> Unpaid army. We got problem, run. Oh, can't a man even talk to himself without being interrupted? Torquil and his men join Prince Colwyn, Yanir, and Ergo, and the group heads out for the home of the Emerald Seer. My next clip is of Ergo seeing a slayer and a cyclops. Horrible, horrible. There was a terrible creature over there. And, and over there, a creature with only one eye. One eye? A cyclops. He was aiming a spear straight at me. Had that been so, he would now be dead. He was aiming at a slayer, for they have ancient hatred between them. Long ago, his ancestors lived in a world far from Crowell. And had... Two eyes like other men. Then they made a bargain with the beast who was the leader of the slayers. They gave up one of their eyes in exchange for the power to see into the future. But they were cheated. And the only future they are permitted to see is the time of their own death. They're sad, solitary creatures born to know they will die. Today would have been my day if it hadn't been for him. When the group reaches the home of the Emerald Seer, Yanir leads Prince Colwyn, Torquil, and Ergo into the cave. They are greeted by the Emerald Seer's apprentice, Titch. The Emerald Seer uses his emerald crystal to see where the Black Fortress will rise, but the beast's hand suddenly appears and crushes the crystal before revealing the location of the Black Fortress. The Emerald Seer and Titch join the group and they head into the swamp, which cannot be penetrated by the beast's power. While in the swamp, the Slayers attack, killing two of Torkoal's men. The Cyclop appears and saves Urgo's life again. My next clip is of Urgo thanking the Cyclops for saving his life. That's the second time you've saved my life. I am Urgo. The Magnificent. Huh? <gasps> 
Hasn't he got a name? His name is Rel. He visits the seer sometimes. He doesn't speak much. So I've noticed, except to be sarcastic to people who wish to be friends. Or jest with those who already are his friends. My name is no jest, Beanpole. It's all very well to have a short name when you're 20 feet tall, but small people need large names to give them weight. Your actions give you weight, my friend. I saw you save the boy from a spear. Well, that's what friends are supposed to do for each other. Quite so. You've been with us for a long way now. Since the beginning. When I learned that the old one had come down, I knew that the time had come. Join us then. All men need company. Yes. All men. The group walks into some quicksand. While the group is distracted by the quicksand, a changeling who looks just like the Emerald Seer kills him and takes his place. The changeling almost kills Prince Colwyn, but is saved by Rel's Triton. My next clip is of Yanir explaining to the group that this creature was a changeling. The beast has many weapons. This was one of them. A changeling. How did you know? I found the seer's body in the quicksand. He gave his life for us. It was my only family. We're your family now. Now we have no way to find the Black Fortress. There is one who might help. Who? The Widow of the Web. <laughs> that creature helps no one. And none who go there return. She has great power. <laughs> to kill. She may not kill me. For I know her name. Her name is Death. She had another name once. An ancient and powerful name. We all risk our lives on this journey. My risk is no greater than yours. I must try. The group travels to a mountain where the lair of the crystal spider is located. Yanir makes his way to the cave while the others set up camp. Keegan goes down to the village, where one of his wives, Merith, lives. She brings back food for the men. The beast controlled Merith's helper, who tries to seduce Prince Colwyn. My next clip is of the beast trying to convince Princess Lyssa that Prince Colwyn will betray her. You have chosen a paltry kingdom on an insignificant planet. And love. Love is fleeting. Power is eternal. is my power. It can be yours. I don't want your power. Do not let my form frighten you. Lisa. <sighs> I could assume any form I wish. 
Any form you wish. There's no love in that form. And you think there's love in your boy, King? I've not held a man in my arms since my lover left. This is a lie. I know how painful it is to be far from He will betray you. Comfort me for one night. He will not. I can't betray my bride. Then he will die. Let me comfort you. I can't accept comfort when she has none. You will not then. I cannot. My master said make him betray him, if not kill him. Yes, he is my master. These talents were a heartbeat away from your throat. I could have killed you in an instant. But in the hour I knew you. I loved you. It is you who are betrayed. Power is fleeting. Love is eternal. Remember me. Yanir makes it to the lair of the crystal spider. As he starts crossing the web, the crystal spider moves in for the kill. Yanir shouts Lissa, which is also the name of the widow of the web. The widow of the web stops the crystal spider from attacking, and Yanir makes it inside the cocoon in the center of the web. My next clip is of Yanir talking to the widow of the web. Lissa. I was young when I last heard that name. I was young when I last spoke it to you. My face as beautiful as my name. And I loved you, Lissa, with all my heart. But you would not stay with me. There were responsibilities, duty. Ambition. You had a son. We had a son. But you said nothing. Is he? I killed him when he was born. And this is my punishment. My son. Yes. Since I could not kill you, my rage needed a victim. I know you can never forgive me. I cannot forgive myself. I have already forgiven you. You can never forgive a woman who has killed your son. If I had not, could I see you now as I saw you then? And allow me to see through your eyes. Vision is your gift to me. And your vision could be your gift to me. What can I see for you? The Black Fortress, where does it rise? 
tomorrow in the Iron Desert. But the knowledge is useless to you, for you cannot leave here. No man has ever escaped the web. There is a young girl being held in the fortress. A young girl with your name. A young man seeks her. A young man. The age I was when you and I met. When you and I loved. What you ask is beyond my power. It can be turned only once. That is the lure of the web. Then the second Lissa will share your fate. She will die, grow old, lonely. She will die in a place of darkness. This whole world will be a place of darkness. These are the sands of my life. Accept them and the spider will have no power to harm you. But your own life runs out with the sand. What about your life? I give it to the girl who bears my name. Yanir makes it out of the lair of the crystal spider and climbs down the mountain. As he reveals the location of the black fortress, he loses the last of the sand in his hand and dies. My next clip is of Yanir's last words. At sunrise, the black fortress will appear in the Iron Desert. It will remain there till sunrise of the following day. You must... You must reach it. <coughs> we'll reach it. Oh. You'll be with us. No. No, ma'am. Race is run. Use your power wisely. Do not squander it. I learned the power from you. I won't forget. Leagues from here. Fire Firemares can travel a thousand leagues in a day. There's time. If we move quickly. Prince Colwyn and the group capture and ride Firemares to the Black Fortress, making it just before it teleports to a new location. I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to spoil this movie for those who haven't seen it. If you want to know how this movie ends, you'll have to watch it. So now it's time for some movie trivia. Kroll was one of the most expensive movies of its time. 23 sets were constructed for the movie, covering 10 sound stages at Pinewood Studios, including the 007 soundstage where all of the James Bond movies were made. 
the voice of Princess Lissa was redubbed by an American actress, Lindsay Krauss, as the producers wanted the princess to have a more mature-sounding voice. The fire mares were Clydesdale horses. Kroll was an early screen appearance for actors Liam Neeson and Robbie Coltrane. Bernard Breslau, playing the part of the Cyclops, stood 6 foot 7 inches tall. He wore 7-inch lifts to make him taller. Kroll was nominated for three Saturn Awards, one for Best Fantasy Film, one for Best Music, and one for Best Costumes. Freddie Jones and Francesca Ennis would appear together again in Dune. She played the Lady Jessica, and he played Thufur Hawat. And that's all I have for movie trivia. Now it's time for the Star Trek connection. Everybody knows I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I try to find a Star Trek connection in every movie or TV show I watch. Ken Marshall is Kroll's Star Trek connection. Ken Marshall played Lieutenant Commander Michael Eddington in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And that's all I have for the Star Trek connection. Now, here are my comments about Kroll. I watched the 2014 Blu-ray release from Mill Creek Entertainment and the 2000 Special Edition DVD release from Columbia Pictures. The picture and sound quality on the Blu-ray was excellent, but it was a bare-bones Blu-ray. No bonus features. The picture and sound quality on the DVD was good, but it had tons of extra bonus features. It comes with an audio commentary with director Peter Yates, actors Ken Marshall and Lizette Anthony, and editor Ray Lovejoy. It also comes with behind-the-scenes commentary, original featurette Journey to Crawl, photo galleries, and a theatrical trailer. First of all, Crawl is a fun movie. It cost $47 million to make, and it only brought in $16 million, so it's considered a flop, but I've always liked it. I remember seeing it in the movie theaters back in the day. I really like the story. It's Excalibur meets Star Wars. I think the entire cast did an excellent job. My favorite actor is Ken Marshall. He reminded me a lot of Errol Flynn, especially when he swung across the room in the middle of the battle. Uh, Lizette Anthony was great as a damsel in distress. Uh, Freddie Jones was great as the old wise man. David Batley was great as the comic relief. I also like Alan Armstrong's character, Tarquil. But like I said earlier, the entire cast did an excellent job. The costume and sets were amazing. I liked the costumes of the King's Guards. They looked medieval, but they had a modern twist to them. They kind of looked like a mix between King Arthur's Knights and the Imperial Guards in Star Wars. They were my favorite costume. I liked the look of the Slayers. That was really good, too. They looked evil and unearthly. I couldn't believe that some of the scenes were shot indoors. The castle sets looked great. The set of the swamp was the best. I didn't realize the swamp set was inside. I thought it was outside. Um, the interiors of the Black Fortress are amazing, too. They kind of look like they came out of the alien universe. The costume and makeup of the Beast and the Cyclops were great. The last thing I want to talk about is the score. The score is excellent. It was composed by James Horner and performed by the London Symphony Orchestra with the Ambrosian Singers. If you listen closely, you can hear musical cues from some of his earlier work like Battle Beyond the Stars and Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. Overall, I think Crawl is a fun movie. It's one of my guilty pleasure movies. I had fun re-watching it for this podcast. If you haven't seen it, go pick up a copy and watch it. It's not that expensive. I'm pretty sure you can pick it up on Amazon. You won't be disappointed or my name ain't Nathan Arizona. 
I would recommend this to all science fiction and fantasy fans. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a solid 7. And those are my comments about Krull. That's it for today's podcast. Before I wrap up this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me another opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back next week with a podcast covering Star Trek the Animated Series. I'll end today's podcast with the main title theme to today's movie. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5 signing off.